Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, December 15th. Have you fallen behind on listening in to the Daily Audio Torah because the rush and the busyness of life is pressing in on you from every side? We all get busy, and the enemy wants nothing more than for us to get distracted and neglect spending time with Yeshua in prayer and in His Word. Can I share a secret with you that might help? It is about establishing a secret place. Yeshua reveals this secret to us when He said in Matthew 6, 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Let me break that down for you. First, we go into our room. The King James Version says go into your closet. It can literally be a closet that you convert into your own secret place. It can be a corner in your bedroom with a special chair and table where you sit. It can be anywhere. Use your imagination and creativity to create that special place. Next, we shut the door. We shut the door to distractions. We shut the door to tweets and texts, phone calls, TV, and other media, and to the cell phone. We are shutting the door to the world, even if only for 20 minutes. Then we spend time with Yeshua. It's like a date night with Him. He loves it when we take special time in a special place to meet with Him. He is the lover of our soul. And in that time and place, you can pour your heart and soul to Him in prayer. I like to write down my prayers in a journal, and then when I am done pouring it all out, I pause. I listen. I wait upon the Lord. I wait to hear His still, small, quiet voice speaking to me. And then I write down what I hear. You can light a candle and put on some worship music and just worship Him. You can listen to and read the Word of God. The Word of God is living and powerful and is like a two-edged sword cutting between bone and marrow, between soul and spirit. Do you have a secret place where you can meet with your Master? If not, why not create a special place where you can spend time with Him and then go there to meet with Him often? I encourage you to listen to Daily Audio Torah each day. The plumb line of truth will keep you on track and on target. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give, pick on the Navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. 
This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Vayashev, and it means, And he settled. Genesis 39, 1-6 And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put into his hand. And it came to pass, from the time that he had made himself overseer in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a godly, goodly person, and well-favored. Micah 1, 1-413 The Lord gave this message to Micah of Moresheth during the years when Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah. The visions he saw concerned both Samaria, Shemron, and Jerusalem. Attention! Let all the people of the world listen. Let the earth and everything in it hear. The Sovereign Lord is making accusations against you. The Lord speaks from His holy temple. Look! The Lord is coming. He leaves His throne in heaven and tramples the heights of the earth. The mountains melt beneath his feet and flow into the rivers like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a hill. And why is this happening? Because of the rebellion of Israel, yes, the sins of the whole nation. Who is to blame for Israel's rebellion? Shomron, Samaria, its capital city. Where is the center of idolatry in Judah? In Jerusalem, its capital. So I, the Lord, will make the city of Shomron, Samaria, a heap of ruins. Her streets will be plowed up for planting vineyards. I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below, exposing her foundations. All her carved images will be smashed. All her sacred treasures will be burned. These things were bought with the money earned by her prostitution, and they will now be carried away to pay prostitutes everywhere. Therefore I will mourn and lament. I will walk around barefoot and naked. I will howl like a jackal and moan like an owl. For my people's wound is too deep to heal. It has reached into Judah even to the gates of Jerusalem. Don't tell our enemies in Gath. Don't weep at all. You people in Beth Leprah, Roll in the dust to show your despair. You people in Shafer, go as captives into exile, naked and ashamed. The people of Zanan dare not come outside their walls. The people of Bethazel mourn, for their house has no support. The people of Meroth anxiously wait for relief. 
but only bitterness awaits them as the Lord ju- Lord's judgment reaches even to the gates of Jerusalem. Harness your chariot horses and flee, you people of Lachish. You were the first city in Judah to follow Israel in her rebellion, and you led Jerusalem into sin. Send farewell gifts to Morasheth Gath. There is no hope of saving it. The town of Akzeb has deceived the kings of Israel. O people of Merishah, I will bring a conqueror to capture your story, and the leaders of Israel will go to Adullam. O people of Judah, shave your heads in sorrow, for the people you love will be snatched away. Make yourselves as bald as a vulture, for your little ones will be exiled to distant lands. What sorrow awaits you who lie awake at night, thinking up evil plans? You rise at dawn and hurry to carry them out, simply because you have the power to do so. When you want a piece of land, you find a way to seize it. When you want someone's house, you take it by fraud and violence. You cheat a man of his property, stealing his family's inheritance. But this is what the Lord says, I will reward your evil with evil. You won't be able to pull your neck out of the noose. You will no longer walk around proudly, for it will be a terrible time. In that day your enemies will make fun of you. By singing this song of despair about you, we are finished, completely ruined. God has confiscated our land, taking it from us. He has given our fields to those who have betrayed us. Others will set your boundaries then, as the Lord's people will have no say in how the land is divided. Don't say such things, the people respond. Don't prophesy like that. Such disasters will never come our way. Should you talk that way, O family of Israel? Will the Lord's Spirit have patience with such behavior? If you would do what is right, you would find my words comforting. Yet to this very hour, my people rise against me like an enemy. You steal the shirts right off the backs of those who trusted you making them as ragged as men returning from battle. You have evicted women from their pleasant homes and forever stripped their children of all that God would give them. Up, be gone. This is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. Suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. Some day, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather the remnant who are left. I will bring you together again like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your king will lead you. The Lord himself will guide you. I said, listen, you leaders of Israel, you are supposed to know right from wrong, but you are the very ones who hate good and love evil. You skin my people alive and tear the flesh from their bones. Yes, you eat my people's flesh and strip off their skin and break their bones. You chop them up like meat for the cooking pot, and then you beg the Lord for help in times of trouble. Do you really expect him to answer? After all the evil you have done, he won't even look at you. 
This is what the Lord says. You false prophets are leading my people astray. You promise peace for those who give you food, but you declare war on those who refuse to feed you. Now the night will close around you, cutting off all your visions. Darkness will cover you, putting an end to your predictions. The sun will set for you, prophets, and your day will come to an end. Then you seers will be put to shame, and you fortune-tellers will be disgraced. And you will cover your faces because there is no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power, with the Spirit of the Lord. I am filled with justice and strength to boldly declare Israel's sin and rebellion. Listen to me, you leaders of Israel. You hate justice and twist all that is right. You are building Jerusalem on a foundation of murder and corruption. You rulers make decisions based on bribes. You priests teach God's laws only for a price. You prophets won't prophesy unless you are paid. Yet all of you claim to depend on the Lord. No harm can come to us, you say, for the Lord is here among us. Because of you, Mount Zion will be plowed like an open field. Jerusalem will be reduced to ruins. A thicket will grow on the heights where the temple now stands. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills, and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation, nor train for war any more. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees. For there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of Heaven's armies has made this promise. Though the nations around us follow their idols, we will follow the Lord our God forever and ever. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, those who have been exiles, and those whom I have filled with grief. Those who are weak will survive as a remnant. Those who were exiles will become a strong nation. Then I, the Lord, will rule from Jerusalem as their king forever. As for you, Jerusalem, the citadel of God's people, your royal might and power will come back to you again. The kingship will be restored to my precious Jerusalem. But why are you now screaming in terror? Have you no king to lead you? Have your wise people all died? Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. Writhe and groan like a woman in labor. You people of Jerusalem, for now you must leave this city to live in the open country. You will soon be sent in exile to distant Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. 
Now many nations have gathered against you. Let her be desecrated, they say. Let us see the destruction of Jerusalem. But they do not know the Lord's thoughts or understand his plan. These nations don't know that he is gathering them together to be beaten and trampled like sheaves of grain on a threshing floor. Rise up and crush the nations, O Jerusalem, says the Lord, for I will give you iron horns and bronze hooves, so you can trample many nations to pieces. You will present their stolen riches to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of all the earth. Revelation 6, 1-17 As I, John, watched... The Lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings say with a voice like thunder, Come! I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow, and a crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. When the Lamb broke the second seal, I heard the second living being say, Come! And then another horse appeared, a red one. Its rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth, and there was war and slaughter everywhere. When the Lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a black horse, and its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings say, A loaf of wheat bread or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay, and don't waste the olive oil and wine. When the Lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, Come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death, and his companion was the grave. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword and famine and disease and wild animals. When the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. They shouted to the Lord and said, O Sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer until the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Yeshua, who were to be martyred, had joined them. I watched as the Lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. Then the stars of the sky fell to the earth, like green figs falling from a tree shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. Then everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and free person, all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they cried to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to survive? Psalm 134, 1-3 
Oh, praise the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, you who serve at night in the house of the Lord. Lift up holy hands in prayer and praise the Lord. May the Lord who made heaven and earth bless you from Jerusalem. Proverbs 30, 1-4 The sayings of Agur, son of Jacob, contain this message. I am weary, O God, I am weary and worn out, O God. I am too stupid to be human, and I lack common sense. I have not mastered human wisdom, nor do I know the Holy One. Who but God goes up to heaven and comes back down? Who holds the wind in his fists? Who wraps up the oceans in his cloak? Who has created the whole wide world? What is his name and his son's name? Tell me, if you know. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Micah. And we're going to begin with sharing the introduction from the IsraelBible.com, the introduction to the book of Micah to get some context and background. The sixth of the books of uh, Micah records the prophecies of Micah the Morishite, a contemporary of Yeshiahu and Hosea. He lived in the second half of the eighth century BC, a time which saw the Assyrians become a superpower in the Middle East, defeating and subjecting the nations and countries that stood in its path of conquest. The northern kingdom of Israel, Shomron, also known as the House of Israel, or Ephraim, or the House of Joseph, is conquered. The northern kingdom is conquered and exiled by the Assyrian king Sargon II in 722 B.C. And just over 20 years later, in 701 B.C., his son Sennacherib embarks on his own campaign of conquest, capturing all of Judah's fortified cities and laying siege to Jerusalem. So he's going after the southern kingdom. Only through God's miraculous intervention described in Malachim 2.19, bringing a plague that strikes the Assyrian army at night, killing hundreds of thousands and causing their retreat, is the country saved. The brilliance of the Hebrew prophets is expressed in their understanding that these events were not accidental, but were directly linked to the level of righteousness and justice among the nation. Unscrupulous officials in the cities were profiting from the labor of the hard-working farmers in the countryside. The prophet Micah was a strong opponent of these wealthy and powerful men, denouncing them at every opportunity. It is thus not surprising that scholars have referred to him as the Amos of the southern kingdom. However, unlike Amos, Micah was somewhat successful in effecting a change among his people. So I'm just going to pause right there. Basically, then, Micah is speaking to the southern kingdom. That is his audience. Amos was speaking to the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north. And Micah is speaking to the southern kingdom, the two tribes of the, of the south, Judah and Benjamin. So Micah was somewhat successful in effecting a change among his people. When a century later, Jeremiah is tried for sedition, the elders protested, reminding them, Micah, the Morishite, who prophesied in the days of King Hezekiah of Judah, said to all the people of Judah, Thus said the Lord of hosts, Zion shall be plowed as a field, Jerusalem shall become heaps of ruins, and the Temple Mount a shrine in the woods. 
Did King Hezekiah of Judah and all Judah put him to death? Did he not rather fear Hashem and implore Hashem so that Hashem renounced the punishment he had decreed against them? We are about to do great injury to ourselves. That's from Jeremiah 26, 18 and 19. So now let's actually get into the book. And there are some pronouncements that he makes. And he's talking as a prophet and calling them to repentance and saying that the sins of the nation is going up to the Lord and that they're going to go into exile. Um, In chapter 1, verse 10, up, be gone. This is no longer your land and home, for you have filled it with sin and ruined it completely. So this is a big key to understanding why both the northern and the southern kingdom went into exile. The northern kingdom went into exile to Assyria in 722, and the southern kingdom went into exile to Babylon in 586 BC. It's because of their sin. You've ruined the land completely. But here is a promise from the Lord. Verse 12, Someday, O Israel, I will gather you. I will gather the remnant who are left. This is future prophetic. This is actually hinting at, giving us a remez hint of the future greater exodus to come. I will bring you together again like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. Yes, your land will again be filled with noisy crowds. Your leader will break out and lead you out of exile, out through the gates of the enemy cities, back to your own land. Your king will lead you, the Lord himself will guide you. Now, what would make people want to leave the city and follow a leader and go out into the wilderness? We have conditions happening around the globe in all countries with the major lockdowns. And now they're saying, go and get your booster. And and now there's a new pandemic coming, the RSV virus or whatever. And, And the G20 summit leaders gathered a couple of weeks ago, and they had leaders there openly calling for a global digital ID passport. And if you have your vaccination, your COVID-19 shot, then you can, you can travel freely internationally. But if you don't have the COVID shot, then you're in lockdown. You don't get to leave your country. And, you know, the lockdowns of businesses that happened back in 2020 and 2021 That specter could happen again because the WHO pandemic treaty is very shortly to be signed off on by Biden and other nations. And if they sign off on it, it basically yields all sovereignty over to the WHO. And they have the authority and the power to call a lockdown, a quarantine, a pandemic in a country and lock everybody down. So if you're locked down in your city, in China, they had people literally locked up inside of their apartment buildings in high-rise buildings. Then the doors were sealed. They were sealed so they could not get out because they have a zero tolerance for COVID-19. And so the tyranny of being locked inside of your own apartment, and then one of the high-rise apartments burst into flames. There was a fire, and the people literally burned to death. And that put thousands and tens of thousands of Chinese people out on the streets to demonstrate. 
when you're locked into your own building and you can't go to the grocery store, you can't go to work, you can't get out when there's a fire. So with the tyranny of the end of days beast system that is now rising, we're seeing the beast system being constructed before our very eyes. It's being constructed and put together. With these lockdowns and the tyranny that's going on, I can imagine that there will come a day when people will gladly flee the cities and follow leaders who will lead them out into the wilderness to go on the greater exodus because they're leaving Egypt. They're leaving tyranny. So there's a really beautiful passage here that Yesterday, I played the song, Come, Let Us Go Up to the Mountain of the Lord, sung by Joshua Aaron and Aaron Schust. I love that song. It's just, it's just going around and around and around in my heart. Um, but these words from Micah chapter 2, or Micah chapter 4, um, the words from these verses are what is the basis of that song. Come, that's Micah chapter 4, verse starting in verse 2. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his paths. For the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion, and his word will go out from Jerusalem. The Lord will mediate between peoples and will settle disputes between strong nations far away. They will hammer their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation will no longer fight against nation nor train for war anymore. Everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees. Won't that be the day? We live in difficult times, troublesome times. Um, there's just, you know, there's wars going on. With Russia and Ukraine, there's tension going on between China and Taiwan. There's lots of tension in the Middle East with the Arab nations that threaten and that send missiles and rockets and terrorist attacks against Israel. There's crime in our cities. Can't ride a subway safely anymore or take a bus in the city. It's just not safe to be out at night. There's just violence everywhere. So we look forward to that day. And here's another couple of verses that is another remez hint about the greater exodus to come in chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. In that coming day, says the Lord, I will gather together those who are lame, those who have been exiles, and those whom I have filled with grief. And those who are weak will survive as a remnant, and those who were exiles will become a strong nation. I will gather together these ones. And again, this is Yeshua. He's the shepherd. He's going to ingather his sheep who have been scattered to all the nations. Here's another in verse 9 and 10. We have a, a verse here that's hinting at Jacob's trouble or the time known as the great tribulation. And it's associated with birth pangs. Yeshua spoke about birth pangs in Matthew 24 and 25, that the sign of the end of days would be like uh, labor pains, birth pangs, and there would be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in various places. And so here in verses 9 and 10, it says, Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. Writhe and groan like a woman 
in labor, you people of Israel, you people of Jerusalem, for now you must leave this city to live in the open country. You will soon be sent in exile to distant Babylon, but the Lord will rescue you there. He will redeem you from the grip of your enemies. Now, again, this is biblical history as prophecy. So this has a double meaning. There's layers to this. He's speaking about an historical event that has already happened. Uh, the southern kingdom was attacked in 586 BC by Nebuchadnezzar and his troops, and they breached the walls and burnt down the temple, and the people within were either killed or taken off to captivity to exile to Babylon, and that happened in 586 BC. So those verses talk about that. But also, it's future prophetic that it's going to happen again when the greater exodus comes onto the scene. So, and it's associated to the, the labor pains. Pain has gripped you like a woman in childbirth. You must leave. You will go to live in the open country. So, Yeshua will come cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. And he will ingather his people and lead them on a journey to Israel to Jerusalem. This journey will be a three and a half year period of time, 42 months. And during that time, that's when the beast system is ruling and reigning. The Antichrist will be ruling and reigning. What kicks off this period of time, this 42 month period, is when the mark of the beast is fully deployed and you cannot buy or sell anything without taking the mark of the beast. Then we're there. That's the beginning of the 42 month great tribulation period but the beast system only is granted three and a half years 42 months to have this this uh his power and control so it's not a seven-year period of time like lots of people seem to have seven years in their head it's three and a half years 42 months and that's what kicks off the uh great tribulation the time known as jacob's trouble is this mark of the beast so now we're going to close and conclude with a beautiful song. It's called Kol Haneshama, Psalm 150, and it's sung by Jeremy Gimpel. Enjoy.
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 